You're from the agency, right? Somebody sent you to meet me? Yes, right. I was sent. You want to go see the elephants? We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Kentucky Rye. Um, and hopefully you guys aren't um, drinking, driving, and rod stewarding right now. Uh, like the, the the drinking part's the important part while driving. But you know, all three together, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, I, I mean, if you can buy a bar, do what you can. For $1,600. But, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> in this market, sure, right? You know, Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, this week we're actually getting into um, the fourth actual episode of the 80s Twilight Zone. And I, sh- I guess I should re- uh, reset here. Uh, I always forget our mission statement. Uh, this is a Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, we, do, uh, we have been watching the Twilight Zone chronologically since the original series. Uh, we've done all five seasons of that. And then we've covered both seasons of the Jordan Peele produced uh, Paramount Plus series as well. And now we're into the 80s series. So this is uh, season one, episode four. Segment A, this is another three-parter episode, uh, Little Boy Lost. Um, and we'll get into that title a little bit more in a second. Uh, air date, October 18th, 1985. Number one song, Oh Sheila by Ready for the World. I meant to look this up because I am not familiar with it, but I'm sure if I looked it up, I'd be like, oh, that song, I do not recall it. It's funky. I listened to it today. I was oh, like, okay. oh, that song. There you go. Do. Do, 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 do. Yeah, okay, yeah, I do. Perfect. I'm not Terry, gonna, Terry's not going to sing it from, yeah. from memory. Okay, perfect. Number one film, Commando. Um, I need to, strong. I need to cross this off my list. I, again, don't know why I've never seen this. Um, I did see a, uh, a joke recently online of like people selling action figures, and one of them, it was just the log from Commando, and it was on like, you know, it was done like an action figure where it was on on um, on card and in plastic, and it was just the log. <laughs> like that, And the picture was a Schwarzenegger carrying it, so you could own the log from Commando. I know it's a joke, but... You need to watch this I film. I know, I need to. I need to. So All y'all need to watch this film. Because, yeah. you know, it held for three weeks. I, I've heard it's based <laughs> upon a true story, so I need to get to it. Uh, so, okay, uh, day and date stuff here. Uh, the first Nintendo home video game console in the United States is released on this date as the Nintendo Entertainment System. And um, Terry one day would own one without games. We talked about that last well, week. Well, that was a Super Nintendo. Oh, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's right. I'm the old one. You're, you're the younger one. Um, the big deal about this was right after the video game crash in the, like the early eighties. So the, the big thing here in the U S is that things couldn't be called video game systems. Like they, if it was a video game system or whatever, it's like they, they weren't putting them on the shelves because of how it was so oversaturated. And that's why Nintendo called it the entertainment system. 
And they implied that you could do more things with it where it's like, you could also use a light gun and a robot that doesn't do shit, you know? So, but yeah, the, Did, the, the Nintendo, there's some good uh, documentaries about uh, the video game chase there. So check those out. Uh, I mean, there's multiple ones. Uh, it, it's it, it, like you said, it was saturated by so many different companies. And like, there was I mean, a lot of, a lot Atari. of shovelware that was coming out. Like there, I know ET gets thrown around as one of like the worst games ever made. And it sure was, but that wasn't, that wasn't the reason why the market collapsed. And Nintendo you know? was uh, primarily a board game company. And uh, like yeah, they, card game they started company. making card. They're they a card game company. You're right. Mm-hmm. And then they were doing, uh, oh, what was originally, uh, it was the Game & Watch series, which is like a little small LED type of games. You remember, if you remember those, like, you know, the, um, yeah. Uh, if, if you're old like me, you'll remember the old LED games. Because um, yeah, I guess one of the people that was working for Nintendo saw somebody one day on a commute, like playing with their calculator because they're bored. And he's like, we could do that with like a handheld type, a little LED type of thing, whatever. So Nintendo's always been kind of on the forefront in a lot of ways. And other ways they've been a little backwards. That's, this isn't the, the series. This isn't the podcast about Nintendo. However, um, it came out in the U S that day. So I'm sure that was the day, uh, a week after my birthday. Then after I got all of my rock Lords, I'm like, I want that. And then, then my parents are probably like, Nope, your birthday was last week. They're like, so, what's this garbage? I don't want yeah. this. <laughs> they don't I, transform. I want rock Lords of the game. No, right. <laughs> It just, and my parents are like, go outside, find a rock, see what happens. Anyway, so, <clears throat> yeah. So that's our day and date. Uh, so let's get into who did what here. All right, so our director on here is uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. He's coming back. So we had just recently talked about him during the uh, Dreams for Sale segment. Yeah, segment. Yeah. So uh, go revisit that. Uh, I think you'll have a treat when you hear about all these credits. So uh, next here we have uh, the writer as Lynn Barker. Uh, one more Twilight Zone episode coming up, and then an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Those are the credits I yeah, like five total with. credits for her. Um, it's um, you know, it's it's good to see a different voice, like a female voice, writing for the Twilight Zone. So yeah. that, I mean, I will say after watching this segment and then going to do my notes, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of a little backwards, and 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 I'll I'll explain this a little bit more later. If I was like, oh, wait, a woman wrote this? Because it feels like there's some of this that feels a little tone deaf. And I'm like, wait, do, do dudes not understand like how women are? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think we, we can explain that yeah, a lot a little more bit. later. Um, yeah, we're two but, dudes. So. But I also think that, you know, upon the rewatch, I, can, I, I think I got a little better understanding of what she was going for uh, with the story. I'm not saying it was any better, but I think I understood it a little better. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and to the cast, uh, we have uh, season humble, humbly, 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 humbly. All right. Yeah. Um, so she uh, she was uh, Carol Shelton in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a bit role in Escape from New York. She was in Stepfather Three. I didn't know there was a third one. So Terry O'Quinn was not in that one. So yeah. that's why we didn't talk about that. Um, one hundred and fifty episodes of All My Children. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Like did like I when I think all my children I think of like Pokemon it's like did they get them all I don't they, know they like, finally collected all, it all the children yeah you know. well, yeah and then uh, you know <laughs> and then, she, then they had more children yeah they had more children yeah, yeah. even more of my children yeah later like, <laughs> uh, yeah and then she was married to Kurt Russell uh, from seventy nine eighty three which would probably explain why she was an escape from New York. Uh, brief, like briefly, she there's the bit where he's in the that wasn't like the tick not TikTok diner it's the diner and she comes and asks for a smoke yeah and I think she gets pulled to the floor yeah I think that's her yeah I I thought that was her as well okay yeah. um so next here we have Nicholas Servo Survey 
Soravi. Sure. Uh He plays Greg. That's easy to say. Um, he, he was uh, in Forever Young. Did you ever see that? Is that the Mel Gibson film? Yeah, I saw that at the That's drive-in. also a Rod Stewart song, by the way. There we go. And it's in the film. Oh, and were they drunk driving while and doing it, it? And it's a, uh, it's a science fiction film at its heart because um, he gets frozen yeah. cryogenically. And I saw this at the drive-in. This movie is 30 years old this year. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So it's so, not Forever Young. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm dating myself. Um, so he was also in uh, All My Children for 33 episodes and an episode of X-Files. Yeah, I just I put a lot of TV work. I was just like, I, you know, sometimes you go through like, these people were, you know, paid actors and we got to, you know, respect that, but not a lot jumped out. I me. recognize this dude and I think it was probably from Forever Young. So I, I really enjoyed that film. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and then next here we have Scott Grimes. Uh, he plays Kenny. This is the little boy in the episode. Um, he was in Critters, the first Critters and the second yes. Critters. Uh, go Critters. Crit- critters is life. Critters is life. Um, lots of voice work on uh, American Dad. And the thing, this is the credit that I was familiar with for his for, for his career. There's a zombie film that came out in the early 90s called Nightlife. And I need to find this film. I've been pining for a, a like a, a hard copy of this movie. It is ridiculous. This kid, sorry, all right. The guy who plays Kenny Scott Grimes is working at a funeral home, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, all of his classmates who die in a car wreck come back to life, and Ooh. just start chasing him down. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like. All right. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah um, you're right. So, uh, Party Five, he was in that. 112 episodes of ER. So that, that's not nothing. Uh, yeah, he's the voice of the Sun in American Dad, like you mentioned, Steve Smith. He's also in the Orville. That's the the sci-fi show that's now on Hulu. Uh, that is kind of like a a take on Star Trek: Next Generation, but kind of doing its own thing. That's um, produced by Seth MacFarlane. That, but Scott Grimes is a very recognizable dude. Um, and you know, I. I think that for being a kid actor, especially at this time when this came out, he does a good job. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I blame the script, but I think his, his line delivery is actually pretty good. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, nightlife, this yeah. obscure zombie film from the early nineties. Just, and, <laughs> and also that obscure film critters. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I was, I was pretty giddy when I saw nightlife because whoever was in that film, like gets no credits. Um, Next here we have in our last the last credit I have at least uh, Nancy Keys. Yes. All right. So she was the wife of Tommy Lee Wallace, or is I think still at this point director of this episode. Um, and this is a credit that is from IMDb. I'm not trying to diss her. Frumpy housewife. <laughs> yep. We hear her. We're going to hear her in the the Aidman intro because she like it's like like two lines because yeah. she's dragging her children through the zoo. Like, yeah, so. Yeah. And then, uh, so she, most people would know her as Annie from Halloween. She was also in Halloween 3 as the love interest of um, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. She she was in, yeah, uh, she was in The Fog and Assault on uh, Precinct 13. Yeah, there you go. A lot of Carpenter stuff there. Uh, the other other uh, credit I have here is uh, Diane Summerfield. They have the, it's funny because she's given the name Gita Craig, and it's like she's only a voice on the answering machine, 
But it's like, but um, Nicholas Surovoy is just called Greg. Like he's in this, he, he's not in this episode long, but he doesn't get a last name. But, um, you know, answering machine voice gets a last name. Weird. Anyway, uh, 31 credits. This was the next to the last credit that she had done and then stopped working in 86 and she's still around. So she just like, for whatever reason, stopped working in Hollywood. Left the so, business, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm going to get that um, IMDb get that royalty was weird check. To... Get that royalty check for the Twilight Zone. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. IMDb was weird about this because they didn't list specifically that she was on this story, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, to my knowledge, I think because she says, hey, it's Gina, and she says about the thing about the zoo and the, yeah. you know, the booking, right? So I, I'm pretty sure, I, you know, if, if I'm wrong, this would be the first time I've ever been wrong about anything. In I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm keeping this tally. episode. This episode, no. Yeah. Um, so, all right, that's our that's our uh, our cast and our our crew for a uh, little boy lost. We actually have an in, we actually have a like a narrating intro part here. Finally, we haven't had one for a bit, so we're gonna let Mr. Aiden take it away. Um, also, one of my most favorite unintentional bits of an intro uh, here. Just those listening at home, I hope you can figure out the part that made me laugh. Carol Shelton, photographer. A modern woman with an age-old problem. She can make the artistic choices of light and shadow, which capture a lifetime of human pain or grandeur on film. Rick, you are not going home. Listen to me. Pretty rough, eh? Yeah, but it's worth it. But like each of us, she has trouble sometimes choosing which road of life to travel especially when that road winds deep among the shadows of the twilight zone. All right, I just got to play that beginning again because the, the parts with the seal just make me laugh. Carol Shelton, photographer. A modern woman with a... Just that... Uh, <laughs> a modern woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just like without context, it just I I think that's hilarious. I can't help it. Um, yeah, uh, the seal, the best actor in this episode. But, um, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, that's our that's our intro. Um, you could you could see that. I like, I I also think that maybe some of these intros so far in this new series, they've just been throwing them in like a, a tumbler. And just being like, this Twilight Zone sentences. Just, we'll pull a couple out and attach them. Because this says, like, the light and the shadow. And it's like, there, there's direct references to the original narration from the Surly thing. That's fine. I just, sometimes I'm just like, we need to check in on Charles Aidman, make sure he's okay. Like, I, I just, I feel, he, he, he as a narrator is fine. Just some of the stuff they make him say, I'm like, where are we coming, where are we going with this? I love his voice, man. His they, voice is pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, where are we at with this, this young woman who sounds like a seal? All right, so we get... Uh, Greg, he's sitting in front of a, a movie theater. He's in a line. He's waiting to get his ticket, and then he looks a little flustered. And all of a sudden, we get Carol kind of rushing up, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late." Cutting in line, yeah, cutting in line. Which I'm sure everybody behind her was pissed. But um, she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm late. Uh, hope it didn't like, uh, you know, make you wait too long." And Greg's like, "No, you know that." The movie that you are coming to see is now the sequel. That's how long you made me wait. 
And so the the movie that they're about to see, which is fun, is uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I just I think that joke was okay, but they could have worded it better and been like, no, 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 I've been waiting here, I've been waiting for you. Now we're seeing the second one. Like I just I think you could have like tightened that joke up and made it a little better. But <clears throat> Greg is Greg is not funny. Uh, Greg is kind of a dick. Yeah. So yeah, and he proves it. <laughs> um, so she talks about uh, an interview that she had just had. And she says, well, this is an opportunity I've been waiting for for a long time, and I might be able to get this. And he is very uh, upset about this. Yeah, because she's a photographer. She's a professional photographer. And, like, I guess whatever agency she's been working for, they've been, like, just giving her nothing but, like, fluff. And she wants something more like photojournalism based, right? That's, yeah, that's the vibe. Not I commercial get. stuff, not, yeah. not like a bourbons and stuff like that. She's yeah. that she says, and so uh, they actually gave her the the possibility of a worldwide assignment that's at least a year long. You know, so she's going to be going all over the world doing photojournalism. And then Greg, the the great partner he is, is right. upset about this. Yeah, and, and and that's sad because he he doesn't hold his hand well because he's like. Well, what about us? You know, I thought about we were going to have kids and stuff like that and really putting her to blame. And that really sucks. And she's like, well, I have until Friday. He's like, well, today's Wednesday. Yeah. That means (laughs) there's only two days for us to discuss this. (laughs) What he really means is two days for me to talk you out of it. Right. You know, and I mean, okay. So if if the conflict is, is that she's not getting this opportunity uh, on a professional level to do something that she's been striving to do. And this has been like her brass ring that she's been going for. Cool. And then the conflict is, you know, the spouse or so the partner is like, oh, but, you know, I thought we were going to settle down, have a family. Um, it's like that conflict, you know, I'm like, that's a, that's a very real conflict. Like that's a very real thing that people talk about. But the way Greg couches it is just like, you get the vibe that he was just waiting for him, for her to burn herself out on this hobby and then come around to him. So that like from the jump, I'm not a fan of Greg. Yeah. And and, uh, the way he plays, it's like, it was a fleeting idea for her and maybe somehow that he would be able to convince her. And we get more into that a little bit later, but it's like, Greg's kind of a dick right now, especially in front of other people. So, (laughs) so he goes up to the ticket window and he says, you know, I'll have two adults. And then he's like, what am I doing here? We're buying two tickets to a Eddie Murphy movie. And then he storms off and kicks a garbage can. (laughs) Like, Wow, I mean, that's if it was like Pluto Nash or a later Eddie Murphy movie, I could see why you'd be angry and be like, "Oh, god damn it! Why did I buy tickets for this? Why did I buy tickets for Norbit and just kick a trash can and walk away?" Norbit's pretty funny. <laughs> that's okay. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, sure, I own it. <laughs> I, okay, I mean, was it a dare? I don't <laughs> did Did you get stuck in like a saw trap where a jigsaw is like, oh, "Do you want to play a game?" And you're like. Yeah, you're like, you have to own Norbit. And you're like, okay, uh, I could cut my hand off. And they're like, nope, you have to own Norbit. He's like, son of a bitch. Okay, I guess I'll do I like Norbit. Anyway, it's funny. Okay, <laughs> it's got Terry Crews in it. Okay, great. I, I love Terry. He's been in a lot of A.O. Sandler productions I have no interest in watching either. It doesn't mean that I can't appreciate the, the uh, magnificent Terry Crews that gets paid. Next podcast, I'm going to branch off and do the Norbit. We're going to do the Cruise Cruise, and just it's going to be <laughs> Cruise Cruise. It's going to just be all Terry Cruise films. Yeah, it's going to be all aboard the Cruise Cruise. Um, but you know, so 
we get Carol. She goes over to Greg and tries to like understand why he's upset and that Greg is just being like big kid, sort of. But he's like, well, I'm mad. And you don't understand my feelings. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of fair. And she's like, you know, you have stake in this too. Again, a valid statement. However, if one person's being utterly unreasonable, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I just, again, I can sympathize with the conflict here, right? I just can't sympathize with both parties. And also fair enough that at least they give Carol the agency that, yeah, she wants to like, you know, make sure he's okay. But you, you don't get her immediately being like, Oh, whatever. I'll just give it up. Like that's the one thing I was waiting for this episode. I was waiting for that shoe to drop of her actually making a decision that she doesn't believe in. Right. You know, and we, you know, for the most part, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Right. So, so yeah, we get that. And then, um, <laughs> so then we end up at another goddamn zoo. Like, why do we, why are we getting another zoo? Ter- Terry, why we just got a zoo like two segments ago. I children's zoo has left such a sour taste in my mouth. The moment I saw another zoo and I'm like, this is terrible. Unless we see in the background, the bubble cages of Wes Craven and his, <laughs> and his wife calling, calling all the zoo people like brats. Like that would have been great, but nope. Back at another goddamn zoo. Yeah. We didn't get that either. So it's like, yeah. it's, I like don't. It would be great if there was a little sign off to the left being like children's do that way. <laughs> we, they should have spaced this out a little bit more from that segment, so we could have had like some, you know, time to breathe. Well, it would have been a week, honestly, between a broadcast. But right? even then, it's like yeah. I don't know if that was enough time. But yeah. either way, so we get Carol on scene in the zoo, just taking, taking a bunch photos. of shitty photos. By the way, those are framed. She well. No, no, they're not. I mean, I mean, I understand it's all B roll, right? But like the seal credit to the seal. He knew what was going on. He made his noises, but like her taking photos of like people, like I get that you're supposed to, if you're trying to capture action, like as it's happening, you know, not every shot's going to be perfect, but you do what you can. But it's like none of, none of the composition. Cause like later on, we see her looking at a coffee table full of her work. So I'm like, these are all wonderful f- photographs. I, I don't think these are yours, which we know they're not, you know, because, you know, she's playing a role, but it's like, yeah, anyway, like, yeah. So yeah, she's taking these photos. We get the intro and then, um, you know, because, uh, you know, because it's the twilight zone, we get a random ginger staring at her and, and she doesn't think twice about it, which if we go back to the incredible world of horse Ford from, um, season four, we know not to trust gingers. Remember that little redheaded kid kept showing up to Horace Ford? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it, it didn't make any sense there either. <laughs> um, that's a terrible episode. I, I'm putting it out there right now. I hated that episode. Um, but so, yeah, we get a little red-haired kid, and he's staring at Carol. Uh, and she comes over, and she's like, are you supposed to be the the you know from the agency? He's like, yeah, sure. So we hear that audio, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, the kid is not, like, wouldn't you have somebody who's a chaperone? Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we just eventually figure out is that she's there on a job, and she's supposed to meet, like, a model, and then go around and take photos of them interacting at the zoo. Like, Maybe I this just, is a different world now, though. It's like... Yeah, I, yeah, I would <laughs> say so. Because it's just like... Hi, I'm a, I'm a grown adult and I'm approaching a, um, an unintended child and being like, hey, were you sent by people? Can I follow you around, take photos of you all day? Perfect. Like, yeah. you know, like, 
guess my name. Like, oh. well, I should know your name because, yeah. you know, again, the agency should have told you that whatever. Like, we can do all of that all day. Another thing that I had a big problem with, no zoo would allow a child to have a skateboard in it. Well, I mean, it was extreme at that point. I, I'm kidding. I don't know. You're right. Maybe. Maybe. This is this is all pre-9-11. We don't know where skateboards were allowed and where they weren't. Okay? Uh, maybe, maybe Terry, growing up, we didn't realize how cool the zoo was with letting like skateboards in, which I have no idea how that relates to letting them on airplanes, but who knows? Maybe, maybe everything, maybe all the fun got taken away. But, you know, maybe. <laughs> For argument's sake, sure. Let's go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah sure, right? Yeah. Um, skateboards are allowed. Yeah. People just, you know, taking children and leading them around a zoo. Yeah, I mean, considering you know, sure. consider what we find out about him later, you know. I mean, who knows where he actually uh, started, you know, and maybe no one was paying attention, you know. But uh, so, yeah, they go and they have this great day at the zoo with the worst montage music. Terrible pictures again. Terrible. Like, so if she's supposed to be a photographer taking pictures of this child who is supposed to be Um, an aspiring model, model, he's not modeling. He's just doing things that a kid would do if they were in front of. Yeah, this Their is all parents? bad. This is this all feels like um, where you have that friend of a friend who's like, oh, I just do wedding photography on the side. Let me know. And you're like, no, 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 no. You're just bringing a Polaroid camera to this event, aren't you? You're, you know, or or you bought a really expensive camera and you do have no idea how to use it. Or like and, it back in the day, you could rent them too. Yeah, and it's like, but you, you know those people out there right now on social media where it's like, this is my side hustle. It's like, okay. Keep hustling. I don't want to hire you. Like, <laughs> hustling, you know. hustling. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> you might recognize all these photos are taken. These all have Getty watermarks on them. I don't think these are yours anyway. So, um, so yeah, they have this fun day at the zoo. Terrible music. Um, and then after you know the day's over, he's like, "We had a lot of fun today." And she's like, "Yeah." And then at one point, she's like, "Hey, I I thought she asked if he wanted coffee." as opposed to copies of the photos. And I'm like, why are you asking like a 12 year old kid if they want coffee? That's weird to That's me. That's what I heard too. <laughs> I heard coffee and I watched it twice and I was like, coffee? Still? No, I think she meant copies of photos, right? Cause she's like, I'm sure your parents like, you know, have it like basically being like, they, they understand your workload right. and whatever. And then he's like, uh, uh, and it's like, well, where do you live? And he's like, I, I gotta go. And he just skateboards away. And she's like, well, that was odd. It doesn't question it, really, right? And it's like, okay, great. This is the world we're living in. Oh, I just want to point out during that montage, the lion did not look entertained whatsoever. The lion looked like it was checked out. So it was not as committed as the seal to the bit. I will just, lion, I'm looking at you. You could have done better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then, but before they leave, though, there's like, they're like, let's get a photo together. They do the whole, like, I got to, she's like, I want to put my arm around this kid I don't know and get a photo. And it's like, I kept getting like, it kept screaming to me like, um, like Linda Hamilton from the Terminator at the end of the first movie. Right. Like, you know, I was expecting to get like With a polar right? Like, like, like no an- fate, you know, or whatever. I'm like, ugh, right. So, so yeah. And then, um, she goes home. And she develops her photos in the dark room, right? Um, which I was like, oh, this is an episode of the dark room now. So if anybody's been listening for a bit, that's a dumb joke. I was hoping Terry would appreciate that. He rolled his eyes. Let's move on now. Um, so uh, hopefully you've been keeping track and you laughed. I mean, in my mind, I did. It was pretty great, especially when I wrote the note. I was like, I am smart. And I wrote it down and I was going to pat myself on the back, but I'm not going to do it now. Um, so like, she's developing the photos. 
uh, she gets a voicemail. This voicemail, Jesus. Sorry, her answering machine. I'm da- I, I'm somehow making this. You're episode. dating the. I'm making well, it go into the future. The dated, you know. And the voicemail um, reveals that they they apologize. Whoever the booker was, no one showed up at the zoo for the actual shoot. That's the point where she should be like, "Well, who the hell was that kid? <laughs> you know? Like, why did I? Like, have I committed a crime? <laughs> like, what did I do? You know." Um, so yeah, so she seems she's like, Oh, she's more like impressed by the kid being like, you sure have gumption or whatever. She says, I forget the words. Um, but then like that's her, then we cut to her looking at all the photos that she's taken. And so you get the idea that she's considering her, her work in terms of like her output. Um, I do want to say the only nice touch in this episode is the cat's name is Ansel. I thought that was a nice touch. And Terry, you're going to be like, well, what's that mean? What's that mean? It's a reference to the show Darkroom. No, um, it's it's a reference to Ansel Adams, a very famous a black and white photographer that does did a lot of um, national park pictures. Like you would recognize his photos if you saw them. Like they're beautiful contrast, black and white, very sharp detail. Ansel Adams has a very particular look. So, and all the photos that she you see there are black and white that she's doing. So. I appreciated that. culture. Yeah. Bringing it back. It'd be like, like she'd be petting her cat and be like, what do you think about this? Bob Ross. And the cat would walk away. (laughs) It'd be like, you know, (laughs) if I ever get a cat, just name it Bob Bob Ross. Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it has a big fro too. Yeah. It'd be funny, right? Just get like a really fuzzy cat and be like, that's Bob Ross over there. He's just doing whatever he wants, you know, (laughs) whatever he's happy doing it. So yeah. So then happy. Um, so then, she goes over to, uh, uh, was it, uh, Greg's place, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's like, it's Friday. And basically, she, I was, con- yeah. all right. So, yeah. like, ahead, just please. for a second, I was confused because I'm like, I forgot the, the reference to Friday. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, it's just like sex in it up day. I was like, I wasn't sure. It's, it's was- Friday. It's, uh, like, Oh, it's, uh, it's it's time for you to kick, kick a trash can in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I was really confused yeah. for a brief moment. I was like, but upon a second watch, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I don't know how many times you it's walk Friday. in Friday. <laughs> you got to get down on Friday. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no. So, it's the deadline. And you could tell, like, again, they play it pretty well where you could tell that she doesn't want to tell him, but she's made her mind up. And, again, don't mind that beat. I think that, you know, she's like, I, you know, I'm going to do this. And then it's again where he kind of dresses her down about like this being like, kind of like, like not a hobby, but like insignificant. He's like, what can't you see in this world without this? And he like has the camera and she's like, without this, I'm blind. It's like, Greg, clearly you have no artistic and like spark at all in your, in, in yourself. Right. At all. Right. Like you can't understand that someone's outlet is a part of them, regardless if it's a piece of equipment or not. You know, and for her say, her statement of like, with without this, I'm blind. That's a nice little character touch of like, this is my identity, and this is my job. I love that line at. too. It's a good line. I wish there had been something. I wish there had been a little bit better layering of a lot of this in the episode, but it's a good line, right? But it, um, like, all of this is very dry to me. Like, I want there to be a uh, a real argument between them. Like, I want them to just be like. We've gone this far. Why isn't it like that transparent to you who I am? I want him to be like, we've talked about this. We've talked. We said our first kid is going to be this goofy ginger named Kenny, and I needed to have it happen. You know, like something like that, right? Well, even he says like, I wanted to change you. It's like, 
Yeah, no, he no, it's not even that. Like, first before he before about the photography thing, he's like, I what about my dreams? And it's like, what's your dreams? Just having kids and that's it, which Sorry, that sounds like I'm belittling people that want to have children. That's not what I mean by that. But but the, the, but the way on. he approaches the situation. Yeah, but come like, on, the Nintendo came out the same day. You got to have you know options available. I'm kidding. No, but like um, he even says, um, you know, she's like, you knew who I was when we started dating, and he was like, yeah, I just thought I could change your mind, and then she was like, and you almost did, and it's like that's supposed to be played as sweet. But it's like, you know, Terry and I are married, I mean, to each other and also our spouses. Um, it's weird. It's just a podcast that you guys wouldn't understand. But like, um, we've been in relationships previous to this where it's like, as growing up, you're like, if you're hoping somebody's going to change because you're around them, you're, you're, you're back on the wrong horse, you know, like very true. And so like, again, um, you know, with our situations, we are child free, uh, that is by choice. And it is not. Really I haven't had that talk with Terry yet, but I'm hoping to one day. <laughs> but that's that, that's not to say that anybody's choices are are bad or whatever. You know, like everybody lives their own life. But it's like the fact that Greg is belittling uh, Carol for what her stance is that really sucks because like this is her career, yeah. and it's not that she's saying that she doesn't want to have children, but it's like not right then, which right. is like you know. It, it, this it's a year long contract, right? Right. And then let's say that she goes and does it, and she's like, you know what? I am fulfilled. I, I realize that I do prefer working at home, and like, or whatever her her decision is. Like, I'm not saying that like, oh, give the woman one year out, and then she'll change her mind. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, you know, like find out if it's really what you love, and if you do. And then if you still find out like this is when like and they also talked about like she's like I want to be available for my kids if we're going to have them that's also a valid conversation it's like right. I think um, especially in this day and age and I know we're talking about this episode from 85 when we're in 2022 um, like there's a lot more I think there's more openness about like um, like you know a two a two spouse household and balancing multiple jobs and dreams and ambitions. Right. And I don't think the script is shying away from it. Right. Um, so I just think that if he would have been like, she'd have been like, give me a year and he'd be like, I've gave you seven or whatever, which they don't say that, but you know what I mean? Like something to add a little bit more of like, maybe she's been dragging her feet on her end to add, to give him just a smidge more like skin in the game. to where you can actually feel her conflict. You know, right. like, and again, I'm not saying that you were ignoring her conflict, but Greg comes off as one note. He at least doesn't, as much as he's a dick, he doesn't like once, once he realizes that she has made her decision and as much as he's being an asshole about like, I thought you could change. It, it isn't like, it, it isn't like that comes back to become worse. Right. Cause you almost expect that to escalate, to get like more severe, <laughs> you know, like the next time she sees Kenny, he's like, I don't know why she's talking to the other kid. And he just goes out and gets mad at it. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, he skateboarded across the road. I want to just hit it with my car or whatever, you know, um, that'd be a way cooler episode, but yeah. So gr this is exit Greg. That's the last we see of him out. She's made her decision. Right. But while they're like, like hugging and realizing this is over. She looks out the window and Kitty is just out in the street looking up at her and just staring. It's like, this is so weird. It's just so weird. And then, you know, she's like, Oh, it's that kid that I took a lot of photos of that. I don't know who it is. And then, um, like we get her bringing groceries into her place later and she turns on the lights and there's the reflection of him looking at her in the mirror. And she freaks out for a second. The right response. <laughs> right. Um, cause anytime, well, one, 
you have an unwelcome visitor in your apartment and two, it's a child staring at you that you did not know was there. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's when you're allowed to start throwing groceries and, uh, kicks and punches, you know, like I, I don't know. I, I get like this real, real gauge vibe from pet cemetery. I'm like, Nope, we're good. We are good. Well, I he might have a scalpel. I he, mean, he might Fred Gwynn me. You don't know that. At this moment now, I would just be like, I don't give a shit who the kid is. <laughs> like, you're not welcome in my home anymore. Like, I, I see you out on the street and all that stuff. Like, I'm expecting the the worst at this situation. Like, but somehow, somehow she feels compelled to feel something more than this. Which we're supposed to, I mean, again, second watch, we're supposed to kind of get that. But it's not done well. There. It's not. Like, and then she's like, oh, but, you know, hey, like, um, uh, you lied to me, but we can still get you hired at the, the thing, get you paid. It's like, it's all, I'm sure she's also like, we need to pay you because if not, this is a crime. You know, <laughs> like, we need, shh, I, I have a lot of irons I have on the these fire pictures. right now. It's like, I have these photos. I can't and, explain them. And also, um, not that they're, not that they're compromising, they're questionable about why I did this. And if your parents, like, there's going to be a lot of questions, you know, so. Um, I got also got some uh, um, unsolicited photos of a lion or, that didn't want to be part of things. Whatever. He was angry about it. Though. <laughs> the seal was voicing his his uh, his concern. Um, so so yeah. Um, like and then she starts asking him again. Like when she like she starts getting closer to like what's going on because he's real quiet. He just he just cheeses it again. Just leaves. You know, like runs just like, straight up. Runs. He runs. He runs and turns a corner into a part of the apartment complex that goes nowhere. And it's implied that like, as you see, like the, the, um, there's a, a blind, um, cord, right. That's kind of like waving and like the, like, but there's no stairs, there's no door, there's no nothing. There's really no window there. It's like kind of like, um, there's a window, but it's not one that you can get out of. Right. It's an upper window. Yeah. It's probably about like six feet in the air. Yeah. It's not something he could easily get up and get out of as and fast as he did. I mean, it's, enclosed at that point too. Yeah, so. so it's like, where'd he go? Right. So then, um, at that point, you know, that happens. And then, uh, she ends up like at one point, um, Oh, what was it? She ends up like doing something in her apartment. Um, and she looks out and sees him outside again, uh, on his skateboard, crossing the street, like crossing like multiple lanes of traffic. That's when I was kind of hoping he'd get obliterated by a car just cause I thought that, that would have like really, really ratcheted this up. Like what if it was, um, Jeffrey DeMunn from the last episode, just listening to Rod Stewart and just drills into this kid skateboarding that, that I would be okay with that. Like listen to Rod Stewart, just, you know. <laughs> well, I thought maybe there was going to be <laughs> just something to Maggie may just have the time of his life and just obliterate <laughs> this kid. Um, forever young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be like, you are Scott Grimes. You are. Uh, well, I mean, like that would have that actually would have been. You can't get old if you're if you're t- dead at twelve or whatever. You know? Like, well, that right, would have yeah. been a, a pretty good tell at that point. It's like if we would have seen the child skateboarding across the street, then all of a sudden a bus or something, <laughs> and then like you don't see the outcome. It just if the child vanishes, it's like. Something, wait a minute. anything, anything, right? Like it's like, just, well, how much more do we need to know about this character? Like, because this is really strange. Now we don't get that strangeness. No, she goes running out, chasing him into the park, and that's when we get this. Like the big reveal here um, is that um, 
you know, he, she's like, is that your name? He's like, well, it could be, you know, this whole thing of like, but you said no, which we, they said that earlier in the apartment. They basically, since she said no to father of the year, Greg, um, this child, Kenny, which she named Kenny cause she's a big South park fan or a Kenny, Kenny Rogers fan. I don't know. Um, we all love the gambler. Well, I don't know where she came up with the name from. Um, he will not exist because she chose her career over a family. And it's like, God damn, really? That's what we're doing with this? Like, this feels like as much as Kentucky Rye felt like a PSA against drunk driving, this feels like a PSA against women going out in the workforce. <laughs> you know? And it was like, that's what we're doing with this? And she's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, but one day, and he's like, yeah, he's like, and one day you'll have a child. It might be a boy and we can call him Kenny. And it's like, but it won't be me. And I'm like, well, that's a positive, I think, you know, um, but you know, whatever. So, and she's like, but I love you. And I'm like, that's coming from nowhere. And since she's made this decision for her, her, her own, own career, her own self-development, you know, he fades away um, and he says, I love you mom or whatever. And he goes to, he, he fades away the same way the shitty Bruce Willis did from Shatterday. And it's just like, I'm out. So wherever he goes, that's where he went. Um, I'm going to put this to you, Terry. Why is the skateboard there still? I don't get it. <laughs> the skateboard was st- like, it's just there. It's like, why wouldn't that fade away? You're like, Right. Why do you have to be a skateboarding kid either? I mean, well, that's what kids were into at the time. Um, That and, um, you know. But you uh, can still, like, run around and do things like um, uh, the Pip episode of, uh, oh, my God. Uh, And Praise of Pip? And Praise of Pip. Like, he's just running around, having fun. Yeah. I was getting those kinds of vibes. (laughs) Yeah. No, that you know what? That's actually a good call because that's... that's not the same thing, but it kind of is where it's where Jack Klugman felt like being a shitty father. He gets the one chance to actually redeem himself. That's a good call. I was thinking of, there was, um, oh, was it season one or season two of the original series? I think it's season two. Um, Nightmares of Child, where um, the character, the main character is confronted with this little girl mm. who's kind of speaking. In the like, And a little weird. And we find out it's actually like talking to her younger self in a lot of ways. If I remember right, it's been a little while. So this is a thing that we've seen before, right? Um, and I'm sure this will be something where you're like, and this isn't her future. This isn't her past self, but it's her future potential, right? And, and coming to her. Um, and Praise of Pip is actually a really good call. This is, it. it it's not the same, but there's there's similar DNA there, right? right. Um, and I but I think that was handled better than this. So, but like uh, credit to the episode. This this is what I'll say. Um, <laughs> I wrote I wrote all caps here. Once she dodged a bullet by not having him, which I thought <laughs> not having Scott Grimes. I don't know why. I'm just like whatever. I thought it was funny. Um, so then um, she, we end up having her actually making arrangements to have her cat being watched because she's taking the job. Right. And so then we get the reveal of all the photos that she developed that day at the zoo. Uh, Kenny's gone. So we get the whole like her hover handing nobody, you know, like, and it's like, okay. That was a great shot. Yeah, I actually a cool really, shot. Yeah. really enjoy that because we do see Kenny in those shots. And then it's a panning shot. Then suddenly when we pan back to those same he's pictures, he's yeah. gone. That so, was a real, I thought that was really like the best part of this episode. Yeah, honestly. but it's just funny if anybody comes to her apartment and be like, why is she posing? Or or like, what are all these photos of nothing? You know what I mean? It'd be like, 
you're not really a great photographer, are you? Anyway, so I do, I like as much as I'm, I know I'm like making making jokes. So forgive me, people. This is Terry. Terry is the 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 brains and the sex appeal, and I'm just the the pile of mush that makes dumb jokes on the show. Um, so one day everyone's gonna be like, Terry wasn't real, and there's going to be blank spots in this episode because I made a poor decision, and Terry doesn't exist. I'm sorry, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Radio silence. Oh. No, no, but it's just like, um, like when we get to the end where she actually is committed to her decision to chase her dream and take the job. Like I was, I kept waiting. I kept waiting for her to be like, Oh no, I saw this kind of weird kid and I kind of want him now. So I'm going to put, put my own fulfillment aside and, and have a family. I was waiting for that shoe to drop. I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. When we get to the twist rating, that was my twist rating of like, they at least let her, like she stayed the course of what was true to her. Even though you could see that she was um, t- like split and upset because she now sees what could have been, that still doesn't outweigh what she doesn't know and what she wants to do, which I think is the better path. Right. And I, at least in terms of character, I'm glad that they didn't betray her. Like I, so I do like that. And I really, at this point now, I'm glad that she didn't go back to Greg and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. Let's make, let's make a really weird ginger kid together. How about that? Yeah. Like it, it's whatever she feels is lost is completely lost. And she's still an independent thinker at this point. Yeah. She's an independent character, and that's great. Like, I, I enjoy that about this ending, but the motives for all the other choices, I don't know. So we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, it's just so I really didn't like this episode, this segment. I really didn't like it because it felt so um, preachy and, like, kind of like, I don't know, like um, after school special in like the worst ways. Uh, if like again, like Kentucky Rye was like you know we just talked about that, and it was the previous actual episode, uh, episode three, and that was the the last segment of that. These are kind of weird bookends of like these like these eighties like um, morality tales, right? And like of like oh like the drunk driving is bad, which I mean, not that we've changed our position on that. Like you know, yeah. yes. <laughs> right. But this felt like not having children oh. and. Having but, a career is bad. Like yeah, like it just I mean you know I like we were joking about it, but it's like like you you and, and you and yours and 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 me and mine we we've we've actively made the decision not to have children because I, we've made our decision you know and yeah. it's like but there but you you get that weird side eye sometimes where it's yeah. like oh you've did it's like yeah I mean so like and I feel like I feel like um with with her with this, our, our character here of uh. Of Carol, that's speaking to the audience. It's like sense. there's that too, where it's like, like I um I I've seen that kind of pressure being applied. Um, like I I know people that are in um, positions of leadership that are expected. Um, I, I'm I'm not like let me I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. I I know I have people that I've known growing up in my life, and just you know like I'm in, I'm 43 that are in um, positions of leadership and faith based organizations where they've actively decided not to have kids. They adopt all the dogs in the world and they love all of them. And, and 
and um, they love their flock and they they're there for for people right but there's this weird like stigmatism of like but why aren't you having kids it's like but like so like i don't know it's just like so i guess maybe i'm coming in with this like a little bit of like this like from my perspective of like no she she's good at her well i mean supposedly good at her job every photo we've seen of like she's taken is terrible but She's been given an opportunity, and if she's going to go to photojournalism, put her out there. You know, we don't know. Maybe she'll take, you know, the Iwo Jima photo. We don't know, right? Like, just whatever. She at least should be given the opportunity because she's put her time in and she's shown that she's quality enough to do it versus, like, nah, you should go home and have kids. And something about that really rubs me the wrong way. And at least this episode, and that's why I was confused, and I, I mentioned this earlier, not confused is not the right word. I'm sorry. Um, when we found out that this, this segment was written by uh, uh, Lynn Baker, who wrote the segment that was written by a female, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that she had to deal with a lot of like, nah, you, sci-fi? Really? Like, is that where you're going to be with this? Like, no, you should just stay home, like bake pies and uh, give and make children, you know, like, no, good on her. Like, so... I think the intent was here and at least it stayed true to the character all the way through, but there's something broken and missing in the segment and I can't put my finger on what. Yeah. I'm not sure either. And it's, it's like a skip. Like there's just a skip in the storyline. Yeah. There's just something like we, we don't get enough, um, enough conflict. Right. And like, what if like, cause this is the back to the future rules of like, um, like when he, when when we got Marty McFly going back, and he's like, he has the photo of his 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 family that's erasing because of his decisions being made. What if what if we got her seeing these photos of Kenny and they're fading in front of her, and she's questioning like, oh shit, I'm being really presented a um, a fork in the road, and I have to make a decision. You know, like I don't know, like. There's no there's no stakes in the last like seven eight minutes of this episode because like good on her that she kept her decision throughout, but there was no additional pressure for her to change her mind. There was no, you know what I mean? Like there was no like oh gosh like the meta- metaphorical gun to the head to make a decision. Right. Well, another thing that I I, I drew a similarity to was uh, from the original series. Uh, season four was the incredible world of Horace Ford. Yeah, like, because yeah. it's like choices being made, and then like those having impact as, uh, uh, you know, the the later character. I felt like that was like something they were trying to make a point of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is Car- Carol have to? I don't know. Feel some kind of loss here. Yeah, because she's making the best choice for her future, but why is like she have to be guilted by not one but two characters now? Yeah, this is kind of like the reverse Horace Ford, right? Because Horace Ford, like, he was a Tony maker and didn't want to give up the past, right? right? And he had to, he had to, she he had, had to, to give up the future. Yeah. So and and if you if you ask me, this is better because one, it's not an hour long, and two. It's not that episode. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it sucked. But it's like all those similarities. I'm like, I see what the story trying. beats. You get it. You yeah. know, like, I, I, yeah, it's like, um, and also there's that still, there's that uh, like path not taken or you can never go home again. There, there's some of that. Like there's, there's like, you know, like, so again, these are but themes the judgment, that- the judgment for Carol, Carol as a character. It's like, she not only has to deal with this 
from Greg, who is a possible future husband of hers. Mm -hmm. But she has to hear about it from the, the kid now that she has fallen in love with and has no idea who he is. There's no there's no pretext of who he is. Yeah. She's and even uh, uh Kenny says, Well, you know who I'm supposed to be, or whatever the hell well, it was. But him even saying, like, was. well, you know, like they're like they're like I'm okay, they know where I'm at, and like basically like this is implying that this is a thing that happens in um like eternity where people that are given the crossroads of um a career or children ghost children to show up to just show them the one day of what they could have. Um, we also like to be like, also this is kind of bullshit because it's like, sure. Kenny seems like a nice kid, but he's not hit like, um, his mid to late teens where he's just going to be like, uh, like a shithead to his parents, <laughs> you know, like you had one good day with a kid, you know, like, um, that, yeah. And again, that, that like, I'm not, how do I how do I phrase this? I'm not dismissing like the, the characters involved, but it's like anything seems great when you have a small amount of time with it, right? Like, like I I don't know I don't know about you, Terry, but it's like you you go to visit somebody, it's like oh I just had I just had a brand new baby here, hold it for a second. It's like oh this kid's cute. Oh, it's actively shitting itself. I'm gonna hand it back to you right now. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things where it's like oh this is really cute it's a human being oh this is amazing oh no but there's various fluids coming out of it i cannot handle this right now you know what i mean like like there's these moments of like oh maybe but it's like no you know like like every everything in a snapshot is amazing it's the long-term picture that you have to consider everything is at arm's distance for me um (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to get any. The, yeah, I know, but it's, yeah. always, it's always the thing of like, it'll be different when you have your own. I'm like, yeah, I can't leave them. No. Like, I can't go out for cigarettes and never come back. I can't put them in a kennel cage because it's a human being and not a dog. You know, <laughs> like I can't, you know, like, I don't know. I can't be a cat where they run around naked all day and lick their butt. Like, that, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, like that's acceptable, but you let your kid do it. Somehow you're a bad parent, you know? Yeah, so I, I feel Kitty, Kitty, stop licking your butt. I, I chose you over photography. I, I feel for Car- uh, Carol's character here, but it's like I don't think she gets enough. It, she is given enough as a character, though. Like, yeah. I, so I'm like, which is I, a bummer because this is like 20 minutes, which we've shown. I'm, I'm cutting off. I apologize. Um, like, this is a a like considering the original series would run 24 minutes. Yeah, it's four minutes difference. You you have enough territory to work in here, right? And again, I I appreciate that we had um, a, a a a female voice writing a script for the Twilight Zone. I respect that, especially when it comes to um, profession versus expectation. I appreciate that too. And and um, that sounds like I'm being backhanded. I don't know how to phrase that correctly. So you know what I mean? Like I'm, I think that's great. I just think that there's. Oh, it just you could, it was so close to the finish line and it just fell fell on its keys, you know, and um but also this feels like like if this was like um if um like Hallmark made the Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean like maybe there is a different expectation of what the theme is about you know the like these short stories perhaps i don't know yeah not not that everything has to be a dark sledgehammer that's not what i'm right. saying right i mean we've had some dark 
undertoned like storylines and like the ones that are just open to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, this is know. this. I mean, for all its purposes, this isn't like it isn't light in the sense of like it's carefree. There are stakes here, but it isn't like this is uh, the end of the world or anything. It's just right. a person who have like again I, when you brought up in praise of Pip, that's actually a good parallel to this. It makes me wonder um, what Serling would have done if given this premise, you know, like, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not dismissing uh, Lynn Baker at all with what she wrote. It's just, it makes me wonder what he would have done with this and kind of Serling it up. Yeah. I mean, I, it is what it is and we're going to have to take it at face value. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, not a big fan of the actual segment, but I appreciate a lot of what went into it. So I'll just say that. So anything else? That you want to say about it? Okay, let's get that twist. Twist rating is uh, from one to five. One being uh, we you know, saw it coming from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. That is not indicative of how we feel about the episode. I'm going to give the my twist is that she stuck to her guns and actually took the job regardless. Uh, I, I, I've laid this out the entire time. I'm going to give that a four because I was expecting it to fall apart and for her to be like, oh no, I've changed my mind. I need to go to the zoo and uh, shoot a child every day with a, but, sorry, with a camera. So because of the title, that doesn't really give anything away. And usually I will base it on the title because... Yeah, well, the title was a callback to Little Girl Lost from right. season four where a girl got stuck in a pocket dimension and it was... You know, a little different than this episode. And some of the uh, episodes that we've covered in the past are like, just give it completely away because of the title. Um, I'm going to give this three because, you know, our character really trying to be who she was supposed to be in like how she, uh, her career path was and staying true to that three. Like I, she really like, adhere to that and she acknowledged the loss of of kenny and also her relationship with shithead greg but continued on that path because this is what she feels that she has to do and i respect that yeah yeah so three for me fair enough all yeah. right so that's going to do it for our discussion about the segment little boy lost uh let us know what what you all feel about it um you can let us know on our facebook page the strange highways uh, that'd be great. Uh, you guys can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't know why I emphasize the gmail.com, but you know, you know how to find us. Uh, gmail, you know, West side. All right. So um, we're recording. <laughs> like, I don't know. On I, the east side. -ish. No, we're on the west side ish. Of, we're not the east side of Cleveland. We're, we're on the west. We're in Ohio. We're on the west side <laughs> of Cleveland. Uh, the Gmail side of, Ohio, of of Cleveland. That makes no sense. Um, yeah, just let us know uh, your thoughts, feelings about this segment. Uh, again, I like. I just feel really frustrated because this part of the Twilight Zone isn't easily available for people unless they buy the DVD set. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp it out again. It's a reasonable cost. Like people, please, if you like our conversation and you like the Twilight Zone. Uh, it's a worthy purchase and we're going to be getting, it's going to be like three years of us getting into this. So you'll get your value. Well, I mean, if you like our conversation, I, 
yeah. And there's commentary. You can get the commentary on the DVDs. Yeah, which there too. is one for one of the segments in this episode. We'll get there, and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you could also uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? We are on Instagram. Please check it out. Please follow us. I mean, all that love is appreciated. Uh, I mean, Paul tells you every time. If you're here and you're listening, you can rate and review us on different formats, especially Spotify. Spotify, the king right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. (laughs) They kind of are, man. They are the the king. We're not getting paid by anybody. We're not. um, We're not getting that $100 million to give misinformation. But but Spotify has a five-star rating. If you could give them a five-star rating, uh, you know, towards our podcast, that would be... Yeah, beneficial like, to like the, let the, other people the listen. more the merrier um if you like our conversation let other people know um that's like you know um we were presented um children that we didn't have and they're like hey you could have us or podcast i'm like no i'm podcasting and they went away or, they went they went away on their razor scooter and they just went off to the distance or their pogo ball or whatever they just went away to the distance i'm like yeah i don't i don't need you you know, Paul, Paul Jr. or whatever. Like, I'm good. I'm on a podcast. It's fine. Yeah. His, his first name would be Paul. His middle name would be Paul. I don't know why. Um, Paul, Paul Jr. Paul, Paul Jr. Like, I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, yeah, you want a podcast? I'm like, yeah, I kind of want a podcast. Uh, share the love. Um, we appreciate it either way. Um, thank you for listening. I mean, if, yes. you're, if you've fallen along this way so far, I hope you like the 80s rendition. <laughs> Because it, it it has its up and it's, downs. It's been a weird ride so far, but it's just funny when I, when I think about this. We're only this is this is technically I know we've broken it down by segment because I think that's the best way to do it, all things considered. Yeah, we're only into the fourth episode of season one, right? And there's like sixty some episodes total. Um, yeah, it's you know I see a lot of love for this. Yeah, uh, I, this. On uh, Facebook, and yeah, that's, uh, I think people are taking it. I think people are appreciating that uh, we're getting into this too, and this is like kind of like uncharted waters, because you know it's easy uh, to go into the original series and cherry pick, right? Uh, your uh, favorite episodes, right? Because they're all the highs, right? There's some great highs in the original series, and we're getting into like I'm not saying we haven't seen segments that we've d- we have not liked because we have. Yeah. So you take you take the good, you take the bad, and there you have. That's that's the Twilight Zone. That's not how the song goes. But um, here's hoping. Here's hoping the next segment, um, which is another one of those ten minute segments. So we'll get into it. So let let's just um yeah here here what but and now Mr. Serling. Uh, next next episode we're getting into is the second segment of episode four. It's called Wish Bank. Um, I don't recall this whatsoever. So I'm going to guess it's another ten minute one. Um, you know, as we've been seeing with these three segment episodes, you get like two long ones and one short one. We're getting into wish bank. Um, sure. I don't know what this means. It feels like a failed pilot for a cartoon. I am stoked about this because D Wallace is in it. Yes. There we go. Of horror film fame. Critters. We're getting some critters yeah. connections. Yeah. Crites. Crites. All right. That's going to do it for this this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And I don't know um, if random kids approach you at a zoo, um, I, like verify that they have parents or a handler around before you start taking pictures of them. I think that I think that's fair. I agree with that completely. 
Uh, two tickets, uh, two adults. Oh, for God's sake, what am I doing? <sighs> The whole world's falling apart. We're going to see Eddie Murphy.